Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. You have survived your weekend. Congratulations. You made it. You get to go back to work today or school or... I'm sure you have a list of like a billion things you have to look after. And uh, who knows? Just imagine what you might accomplish this week for the glory of God and for the salvation of souls or or just your sanity, maybe. We do have a lot of stories to cover in the news today and uh, on the show. It's a very dark day in history as the House of Representatives voted to pass the most radical abortion bill ever. And so one of the things we're going to do today on the program is catch up on the on the news from a pro-life perspective. In fact, uh, Jerry Serino is going to be on from the Fides podcast. I had a great opportunity of uh, being on his program not all that long ago, and uh, I have uh, invited him to be on ours. Pro-life is a big thing for him, for Jerry. So we're going to cover some of these stories from a pro-life perspective. And it just boggles them. I don't know if you've seen some of the testimony uh, coming out of Capitol Hill in regards to this. It's just my mind-blowing, the level uh, that we have uh, fallen to, not only in the issue over when life begins at conception or or what have you, uh, of course, we believe at conception, but also like on the transgender issues, actual elected officials trying to claim that, uh, you know, not just women have babies. Let that sink in for a second. Just mind-boggling how insane things have gotten these days. So we're going to cover that. And then, of course, we're going to have lots of uh, stories to cover. Gospel today, Saints today, there's a lot to cover. And then uh, possibly at 35 past the hour, Jeremy uh, Newman from the Texas Homeschool Coalition, Coalition is going to be on. We're going to be talking about, you know, one in ten kids are being homeschooled now in America. One in ten. That's it's an it's an amazing number. It's grown so much so fast. What are the risks? That's the real question. What are the risks to parents uh, from federal uh, oversight, overreach rather, uh, or states uh, overreach into homeschool lives? What are those risks? We're going to talk about that at thirty-five past the hour. It's going to be a jam-packed show. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Is it now? It is. It is good to be here. Praise be to God. Good to wake up every morning. It's good to be alive. <laughs> it's, good you know? to, it's good to wake up every morning. I, does it count as morning? If you 4 were, if you were in the beatific vision, would it be good for you to wake up? Um, well, we would never be asleep. Well, or you, we'd never be awake. You knew what I meant, right? Like, so, would you prefer this world? Over the beatific vision? Is that what you're trying to say when you say it's good to wake up? Definitely not. This side of the dirt is a lot of waking up. Waking up is about as good insofar as eating a good burger is good (laughs) in comparison to the beatific vision. That's pretty good. (laughs) It's not as good as the beatific vision, but it's good nonetheless. What did you do this weekend? I heard you went camping. What? No, actually, I didn't. Oh, um, I thought you did. I make it look like I go camping when I go when I post my pictures online. Uh, but no, in fact, what we did instead was Saturday. We we went to uh, first Saturday mass. Praise be to God. And then uh, we went to Cabela's, which is about oh, not quite three hours away from our house. And uh, it, this particular Cabela's is like epic in proportion and scale. 
They have probably the largest display of, of stuffed animals I had ever seen at any outdoor store ever. Interesting um, thing to go do. You went to go see <laughs> giant stuffed animals. Okay. Yeah. Well, they have, teach their own, I suppose. They have massive displays. It's a ginormous uh, store uh, filled with incredible things that guys like. Uh, my kids love it, though. Okay, my wife had a good time, too. Praise be to God. So that was Saturday. Yesterday, of course, Holy Mass. And then su- uh, Sunday afternoon, I got to go sit in the woods and uh, observe a giant owl uh, flying into my hunting position and hanging out with me for, like, hours. So every time he, like, looked into the woods, I'm, like, looking over there. What are you looking at, guy? Show me. Tell me what's going on. Mm. It, was, it was actually kind of cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. What would you do? Uh, not much. Friday, you know, I went to first Friday mass and then Saturday I was filming a wedding. So my friend Timothy and Hope, they just got married. They were taking their honeymoon in Alaska and I went to go videotape their wedding at Our Lady Walsingham. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So they went to Alaska and then Sunday I, uh, rested as much as I could. And, uh, today, you know, is the feast of Holy Father Francis. So praise be to God. Yeah. Praise be to God. Uh, uh, for St. Francis of Assisi, not just your patron saint of uh, garden statuary and uh, patron bird, saint of, bird baths of uh, and converting zoos. the Muslims. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> patron saint of a hardcore and awesome. <laughs> in fact, uh, I think he had to live out the rest of his days in a cave because the rest of the Franciscans just weren't quite as hardcore as he liked or had intended them to be. Uh, he he kind of gets a bad rap, I think. He gets a little bit I hijacked agree. Agree. in history. So, uh, Father uh, Francis, please pray for us. All right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to uh, pray. We're going to dive into uh, I'm gonna read the news. And then, of course, we're going to do Saint of the Day, Gospel Day. We're going to have Jerry Serino on from the Fides podcast at 15 past. And uh, maybe talking about the homeschool trend and the risks involved at 35 past. But otherwise, I've got a ton of stories that we could be jumping into. So let's pray and let's get started today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headlines. The AP is reporting that Pope Francis, along with faith leaders, sign joint climate appeal before summit. Pope Francis and dozens of religious leaders on Monday signed a joint appeal to governments to commit to ambitious targets at the upcoming UN Climate Conference while promising to do their own part to lead their faithful into more sustainable behavior. For the religious leaders, care for the government is a moral imperative to preserve God's creation for future generations and to support communities most vulnerable to climate change. It's an argument Pope Francis has made repeatedly and most comprehensively in a 2015 encyclical, Praised Be. Conspicuously absent was the Dalai Lama. The Vatican has excluded the Tibetan spiritual leader from from interfaith events for years to not antagonize China. An appeal seeking to be heard by a top polluter like Beijing is no exception. 
Forbes is reporting the Supreme Court's much-anticipated term begins today. Here are the high-stakes cases that they're going to hear. On abortion, the court will hear a challenge to Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban on December the 1st, a case which will, will consider more broadly whether abortions before the fetus is viable can be restricted and could result in the court significantly weakening or overturning Roe v. Wade. On gun rights, November 3rd, the court will hear a challenge to New York's restrictions on concealed carry permits for gun owners, which bar people from getting permits unless they show they have proper cause to carry a firearm. The court will broadly consider whether rejecting concealed carry permits that people request on the basis of self-defense violates the Second Amendment, which could have broader consequences for how states regulate guns. The Boston Marathon Bomber. On October the 13th, the court will hear a case on whether Zokar Zarnev was convicted and sentenced to death for his role in the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing, should still face the death penalty for an appeals court recently overturned it. On Religious Liberty. The court will hear a case on December the 8th concerning whether Maine can exclude religious schools from a state-funded school tuition program for private schools, which could also apply to other states' restrictions on how state funding can be used when it comes to such non-secular schools. The Financial Post is reporting that Huntington Beach mayor calls California oil spill environmental catastrophe. A large oil spill off the southern California coast was described as an environmental catastrophe by the mayor of Huntington Beach on Sunday as the breach of an oil rig pipeline left dead fish and birds strewn on the sand and offshore wetlands clogged with oil. An estimated 126,000 gallons or 3,000 barrels had spread into an oil slick covering about 13 square miles of the Pacific Ocean since it was first reported on Saturday morning, said Kim Carr, the mayor of Huntington Beach, at a press conference. The beachside city, about 40 miles south of Los Angeles, was bearing the brunt of the oil spill. NBC Sports reporting Buccaneers versus Patriots. Tom Brady passes Drew Brees, breaks NFL passing yard record. Tom Brady, the 44-year-old, broke the record for the most passing yards in NFL history with a 28-yard completion to Mike Evans. That toss gave him 80,359 career passing yards, leaping ahead of former Saints quarterback Drew Brees' career total of 80,358 yards. Drew Brees retired at the end of last year, a season of uh, 15 years for the New Orleans Saints and 20 years in the NFL. But Tom Brady has 269 yards in week four, bringing his career total to 80,560 yards. He also now has wins against all 32 NFL teams, joining Drew Brees, Brett Favre, and Peyton Manning as the only quarterbacks to accomplish the feat. And those are your headline news. The saint of the day is Blessed Enrique Morant Pelecer. He was born on the 13th of October 1908 in Belegar, Valencia, Spain. He was born to a deeply religious family. Enrique attended a Catholic high school in Gadia, Spain, and began studying architecture in Madrid, Spain. But finally, he gave in to a call to the priesthood. He was ordained in the Archdiocese of Valencia, Spain in 1933 and became a parish priest in Barig, where he revitalized the parish life. He started a library, a choir, and concentrated on youth ministry. 
He brought Catholic action to the area. We should do a show on Catholic action. When the anti-Christian persecutions of the Spanish Civil War began in 1936, he had to give up parish life and worked as an administration in Valencia. When the persecutions began in earnest there, he withdrew to live with his family. At 11 a.m. on the 3rd of October, 1936, he was arrested for the crime of being a priest. He was given a trial and admitted his vocation, and later in the evening, he was executed, making him a martyr. He died in the shot in the evening of the 3rd of October, 1936, in Jaraco, Valencia, Spain. He was beatified on the 11th of March, 2001, by John Paul II. Blessed Enrique Morent Palacer, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to Jesus Christ. St. Thomas Aquinas said, Christ does not rejoice that it was not revealed to the wise and prudent, but because it was revealed to his little ones. I, I love the Ignatius Catholic uh, commentary today on this particular passage. It draws those parallels between wisdom in the Old Testament and Jesus Christ and the intimacy of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and the Trinity. And you can hear that in the language of these prayers, the prayer here in this gospel, but also to the prayer in the uh, after the institution of the Holy Eucharist in the upper room before he goes off to the Garden of Gethsemane, the prayer to that Father, very intimate language. And you, it's like, a, it's like pulling back the curtain and to see this relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It's pretty powerful. I personally love the parallels and the typology of the yoke that Jesus refers to here. Thinking back on going through Dr. John Bergsma, professor of scripture uh, on the Old Testament when he gets to Solomon and uh, Solomon who asked for the gift of wisdom, right? So, it wrote the wisdom literature in the Old Testament. It's very powerful. And yet Solomon in all of his wisdom broke the back of the people with his taxes, raising 666 gold talents per year. Um, never a good thing, that number, and uh, it led to Rehoboam and Jeroboam going head-to-head in a duel which broke up Israel, because as uh, his son would say, my finger is thicker than my father's loins, and if you think his burden was heavy, wait till you see mine. Jesus is promising to be a good and true king of Israel. Coming up next, what's concerning us? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. We are killing unborn children by the millions. Yet how many men should be here? But where have all the good men gone? Where are you? Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. You know, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, they issued an action alert, and the uh, the graphic says it all. A dark day in American history. Your action needed more than ever. It says last Friday was a dark day as the House of Representatives voted to pass the most radical abortion bill ever. The so-called Women's Health Protection Act, H.R. 3755, would, quote, allow abortion on demand nationwide throughout every stage of pregnancy, ban pro-life laws in every state and local government, force Americans to support abortion with their tax dollars, likely eliminate conscious protections for doctors, among other extreme actions. And the USACB is calling us to action here to discuss that and more is Jerry Serino from the Fetus Podcast. Good morning to you, Jerry. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to have you on. Uh, tell us, uh, so there's lots of these stories in the headlines, and I don't know if you saw some of the uh, the sort of the testimony going on on the Hill about this bill. It It blows my mind in many ways how we could debate and argue so much over the, the gift of human life. Not only that, but then the transgender issues that were uh, also wrapped up into the conversation. Because, you know, Jerry, not only women have babies, apparently. Yeah, that's what we found out this 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 past week, right? That that even men can have babies and, and need to be included. I thought we weren't allowed to be included in the abortion debate, right? Because we don't have uteruses. But uh, now they're in a bit of a quandary because uh, they don't want to identify men and women. And there is no difference between men and women. So they get themselves in a bit of a quandary, don't they? Yeah, it is uh, rather mind-boggling. Now, there were a lot of stories also out, of course, uh, I think you sent me some headlines here. Alyssa Milano slams abusers, quote, abusers on Supreme Court. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Most dangerous time to be a woman in America. Um, And then, of course, there's another one here. Abortion provider testifies that abortion is a blessing. Abortion is an act of love. Abortion is freedom. Unless, of course, you're the infant in the womb, and then it's murder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the 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 last uh, quote you gave, abortion is a blessing and an act of love. You have to add that in there, and that was by a physician, Doctor. I probably am going to butcher her name, but Doctor Maida. Uh, she gave that testimony, and um, you know the testimony was 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 actually the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. Um, the chairwoman is Carolyn B. Maloney, just so people know. And it was uh, the title of the of the discussion or the committee oversight was a state of crisis examining the urgent need to protect 
and expand abortion rights and access. So they did this hearing and had all these testimonies based upon the Texas law, but also based upon the 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 the, uh, the Supreme Court's hearing a case called Dobbs versus Jackson, uh, Jackson's Women Health, which is uh, likely to be a challenge to Roe v. Wade. So that's why they did it. Yeah, that's coming up December the 1st, uh, the yes. Mississippi case. Now, it, does it feel to you that this is like an all or nothing moment when it comes to the pro-life uh, cause? I think so. I, I well, I think the fight never ends. I mean, I don't know if if it's a all or nothing, but I I will say that um, we this issue, what we have seen in all these issues, is the left doesn't back down, right? They don't compromise. They don't see that hey, science is not on their side, and and you know how there's a heartbeat, and it's not a glob of cells, uh, and on all that kind of thing. They they don't see that and say you know what, maybe we need to compromise a little bit. They they go as far as you can go, you could possibly go on this issue, including even looking at and, and unable to support Born Alive Acts, right? So they go beyond. They don't compromise. We have to keep fighting. Uh, I don't. I I don't know if it's an all or nothing. Um, I guess that's left to be seen. I I don't think the left will stop fighting, and so we can't either. Yeah, I definitely think that the left will not stop fighting. It's in the name progressivist. They have to keep moving. Uh, Professor Plinio gave the analogy of the progressivist as a as kind of like riding a bike. They are riding a bike, and if they ever slow down or they stop, then they fall over. Uh, they have to keep moving forward. They have to keep gaining ground. And the problem is that we don't have, like Fulton Sheen famously said, the communists have uh, all vigor but no truth, and the Catholics have uh, all truth but no vigor. And so we need that vigor. And I think that a lot of these laws coming out of the out of uh, Texas and out of uh, some of these other states are putting a lot of life into the young people and into the people who were kind of on the fence about actually doing something. They believed in pro-life things, but they didn't really go out and do anything. And I think it sparked something. Have you seen that? Well, I, I think the the young people are, are really amazing to me. So on my show, I, I deal a lot with, with pro-life issue. It's not just pro-life, but it's predominantly pro-life because that's the biggest issue. But I've had a lot of people on from the organization Students for Life. And uh, obviously, um, these are young people, uh, and they are extremely passionate. They were among many of the counter-protesters at all of these these rallies uh, throughout the country. And actually, a friend of mine who was on my show who writes for Students for Life, and you can go to studentsforlife.org and check out all this, or if you're interested, uh, her name is Brenna Lewis, and she wrote about all the violence um, against their people, including an eight-month pregnant woman who was pushed to the ground, the vulgarity that was put out there. But the positive is that, is that these young people stood up, they were strong, and they fought, and they don't care. They, are, they say they are the pro-life generation, and actually they really are. Amen to that. Uh, Jerry Serino is our guest, Fetus Podcast. Uh, where do, where, by the way, real quick, where do we find Fetus Podcast? So you could go look under uh, any of the podcast apps that you use, um, and, it's, and it's spelled F-I-D-E-S, uh, Fides, and uh, Fides is Latin for truth, knowledge, faith, and truth, and, and that's what I focus on. Um, I'm on YouTube and, and Rumble and the like like that. So, yeah, I'd appreciate you subscribing. We do a lot of a lot of conservative issues, again, predominantly pro-life. I have guests, uh, really some phenomenal, phenomenal guests, including Father Frank Pavone, who uh, I'm sure all of your listeners know. Alveda King has been on twice. 
uh, in uh, many wonderful people. Uh, we have uh, about five minutes or so left in our conversation with Jerry Serino. Uh, there was some good news on the Hill. There was a, a nice testimony from Dr. Ingrid Scope, though. She's, I think, an OBGYN from San Antonio. She is. Yeah, she, she I'm glad you brought her up because she was um, a great light and she's done a lot of talks on the pro-life issue. And uh, it, a lot of the things that she talks about is is the fact that, um, you know, a lot of what's put out there by the pro-abortion side, they say that that abortion is safer than childbirth. Right. And 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 and, and Dr. Scope, uh, you know, discredits that and just talks about how, you know, well, first of all, there's a lot of misinformation in that. There's a lot of a lack of information from uh, medical facilities and the like. And it looks to be, by all accounts, absolutely not true. And she gives it from a perspective of an OBGYN again, right? She knows this stuff. This is her thing. And, uh, you know, she gives great testimony. There weren't a lot of pro-lifers in this testimony in on con- in Congress. She didn't see um, that coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a shocker. It's That's a shocker. A just shocker. as yeah, just as the uh, the women's marches would not allow pro-life groups to right. come and they as as I mentioned, they harassed them um as though the only issue for women is to be pro-abortion. Wow. Well, it's interesting. Uh, two things that pop into my mind is uh, one is 50 percent of people involved in an abortion die. So, I mean, it can't be safe. Amen. And the uh, second thing is in regards to the women's march, um, I thought it was hilarious because, you know, they're moving. They had that famous a couple of weeks ago. They were quoting the uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and was uh, it was re- and then put in brackets everywhere where she said woman as a person. Because, you know, you can't have women anymore. And so uh, Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire tweeted out, oh, I hope everybody had a great time at the person's march today. Um, <laughs> and it's and, it, and it's and it's very apropos because they're destroying the definition of woman. Yeah. They're erasing it from existence. And then at the same time, at the other side of their mouth, they're screaming, oh, yes, women's rights. Um, it's kind of nonsensical. What do you think about all this? It's it's not surprising. I mean, everything, you know, when you deal with evil, and that's what this is, there's no question anymore. And I, I have this take, and then I've talked about on my show that the left is evil. It, it There's no questioning it, no denying it anymore. And just like if you look at, you know, if you look at the Bible, you look at, you know, stories in the Bible, there's so much contradiction in evil, right? A lie leads to a lie. Deception leads to further deception, and none of it makes sense. And yeah, they have themselves in a quandary. They don't, you, you know, they they talk about women's rights, but then there's no such thing as women, and there's 72 different genders, and you can change them as you will. They get themselves all caught up in this, but they never, as I said earlier, they never say, "Oh boy, we've been caught here, or we're we're stuck here. We need to take a step back and adjust our our stance." No, they keep going. They don't care about the hypocrisy. They don't care about the the fact that they are dealing with non-truth. Which is why I go back to the all-in sort of sentiment because it feels like that. It feels like the the cat is out of the bag, so to speak, right? You know, they they don't care about the uh, the optics of what they say or how they say it. They don't uh, care that it, it's repulsive to us not only to to fight so hard to try to take a human life in the way that they are, but then also the gender issues that get poured into there. I mean, it's just like they're the gloves are off and they're swinging for the whole uh, for the whole kit and caboodle. And and if this passes, if this becomes law, as the USCCB pointed out it is it is at literally everything the game is over yeah and, and that's why the again the fight 
continues and has to continue going on. And even if, even if abortion, if Roe v. Wade was overturned and, you know, certainly the view is that it would, the decision on this would go to the states. There are going to be, of course, liberal states like California and Massachusetts and, and Illinois, right? So the people would still have to fight in those states. Uh, but, but yeah, they don't care. There's no accountability for their hypocrisy, right? That's the other part of it. You see tremendous uh, corruption on the left and no one ever is ever really held accountable. And yeah, they don't care anymore. They, they are not ashamed that the governor of Virginia was, was caught on tape saying that, you know, after a child is born, well, we decide what to do. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Let alone the, the issue like the David Delayden videos of the uh, babies being uh, born alive so that they can harvest the body parts uh, for right. money. You know, th- follow the money trail. That's the big issue here. We have about two minutes left. Let me ask you this. Uh, I, as I was reviewing the news this morning, the thought just keeps coming back to me. Are we headed for another civil war? Are we headed for another split? Things have, have, have gotten so insanely divisive. That the, the lines seem to be very stark. What say you, Jerry Serino? Oh, boy. I, you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I was just talking with a guest uh, on my show just recently about that. And, you know, I, I certainly hope there's no civil war. There's no, there's no physical war, of course. Right. And, 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 I, and I don't think so. I hope not. But there is a war, whether it's actual physical with bullets and things like that, or it's, uh, you know, like the Cold War was, you know, there was no actual combat, but it was it was a standoff with with the Soviet Union. Um, I, I think this is a divisive issue to take us to the brink of very extreme action uh, by both sides. And that's why it's a fight. You know, the left went to war to keep slavery. They became extremely, extremely violent in order to keep blacks as subhuman in the civil rights movement. They did. There was massive violence. You know, the fire hoses weren't done by conservatives, right? The fire hoses on young black children were done by leftists. So um, they are willing to go that far. I hope and pray it doesn't go that far, of course. But yeah. All right. We'll have to leave it there. Jerry Serino, Fidesz Podcast. Check him out wherever you listen to your podcast. Jerry, thank you for your time today. God bless you. God love you. And have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. More breaking news and stories coming up next with Catholic Drive Time. Let's head it your way. This is a messy family minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. As moms and dads, we're pulled in many directions. Our world is frantic and sometimes chaotic. We parents need to take a pause. Take some time away to become more intentional in our Catholic family life. We suggest a tool that we call the family board meeting. This meeting's a time for you and your spouse to affirm each other in your giftedness, cast a vision framing what you want your family to look like, and then set concrete goals to make that vision a reality. More than ever, our world needs dynamic Catholic families. That only happens when parents are intentional about building a Catholic family culture within their home. Take time to build a culture that is stronger and more influential on your children than the culture of the world that surrounds them. To help you run this board meeting, we've created a tool for you. A download at our website, MessyFamilyProject.org. Get the worksheet and then work with your spouse to be more intentional in your family life. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's good to be on with you. And here are your headline news. Newsweek reporting. Florida man says, no doubt he saw Brian Laundry near Appalachian Trail in North Carolina. A man from Florida who is hiking the Appalachian Trail claims he spoke with Brian Laundrie, the missing fiancé of Gabby Petito in North Carolina on Saturday. The man, Dennis Davis, said he believes Laundrie asked him for directions on a deserted road near the trail, the New York Post reported. There is no doubt in my mind I spoke with Brian Laundrie. None whatsoever, the 53-year-old engineer told the Post. He said the man drove a white or light-colored pickup truck and wore a dark bandana on his head. Davis said he didn't immediately recognize the man as Laundry, but he did later when he looked up photos of Laundry on his phone. Petito was found dead in Wyoming two weeks ago, and law enforcement officials had been searching for Laundry since his family reported him missing on September the 17th. Petito and Laundry have been on a cross-country road trip when he returned home from Flor- to Florida alone. He was he has been named a person of interest in her case. The Hill reports three Swiss guards who refused Vatican vaccine mandate return home. Three Swiss guards who refused to follow the Vatican COVID-19 vax uh, mandate have returned to Switzerland. The Vatican Lieutenant Urs Breitenmoser told the Newswire in a statement that all guards were asked to be vaccinated in order to protect their health and others within their service. Quote, three members of the guard have chosen not to adhere to the request, voluntarily leaving the Corps, unquote, Breitenmoser said. Breitenmoser would also say that the three other guards, in addition to these, were temporarily suspended from duty as they wait to get vaccinated. Breitenmoser noted that the head of the Pontifical Commission of Vatican City State issued an ordinance last month requiring people entering the Vatican to either be vaccinated or have a recent negative COVID-19 test. The new ordinance will also uh, be enacted for tourists who want to visit the Vatican as well. Epic Times reports hundreds of Virginia healthcare workers suspended or fired over vaccine mandates. Several hundred healthcare workers across Virginia state have either lost their jobs or been suspended because they are refusing to comply with mandates to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Governor Ralph Northam, a Democrat in August, joined other states, including California, New York and North Carolina, in issuing a directive mandating the COVID-19 vaccine for most of Virginia's state workers, a move that applied to more than 120,000 executive branch employees. Two further vaccine mandate deadlines for major hospital systems in the state, including Centara and UVA Health, have been set for October the 18th and November the 1st, respectively. Epic Times reports 60% of COVID hospitalizations in older Americans among fully vaccinated, according to new government data. Nearly 60% of recent COVID-19 hospitalizations occurred in the fully vaccinated, according to new Medicare data. A representation uh, this week of Project Solace, an AI-based 
COVID program of the Department of Defense reported the findings from among a sample of 5.6 million Medicare beneficiaries, 80% of whom were over 65 years old. Quote, as the Delta variant became predominant, COVID-19 cases increased five-fold in the over 65 population, unquote. The report states, in this 80% 65-plus population, an estimated 60% of COVID-19 hospitalizations occurred in fully vaccinated individuals in the week ending August the 7th. The fully vaccinated also made up more than 71% of COVID-19 cases as of August the 21st, according to the pre- presentation, which was published online by the analytics firm Humantrix, a project Solace partner. COVID cases and hospitalizations among the vaccinated were likely far higher However, as the Project Solace report did not include patients with only one shot and only defined the double jabbed as fully vaccinated two weeks after their second dose. And those are your headline news. Joining us right now via Zoom chat, we're going to talk about homeschooling. You know, nearly one in 10 uh, kids in, the, in America now are being homeschooled. And Jerry Newman is with the Texas Homeschool Coalition Public Policy of Homeschooling. Good morning to you, Mr. Newman. Morning. Thanks for having me. Praise be to God. It's good for, uh, we're glad for your time and uh, being on our program today. There is a major surge in homeschooling across America, uh, you know, probably because of the pandemic in 2020, which kicked things off. But it seems to me that it's more than that. What say you? I think it is more than that. It's kind of developed a little bit over the last year and a half or so because. You know, early in 2020, when the whole pandemic kind of burst onto the scene, everybody had to homeschool. They didn't really have another option. And you get around to the fall of 2020, and the big question everybody was going to have was, will people stay in homeschooling, or will they go back to the public school? And in Texas, and a lot of other states I know saw similar things, but in Texas, we had a huge surge in the fall of 2020 uh, when the back-to-school guidelines were announced by the Texas Education Agency and thousands of people just decided we're not going back. We don't Mm. want to deal with this. And so they stuck to homeschooling. And the really interesting thing was that when this school year started, we saw the exact same thing. And that's, that was kind of one of the big questions everybody had was, okay, a year ago, a lot of people decided they were going to homeschool. Now are they going to stick it out? And so a year later, we just had this result and our, uh, our call and, and email volume was way, way, way up this year, even over the 2020 highs. Mm. So I think that it's, it's definitely a trend that's continuing. Did, from among those responses, did, they, did your, uh, your audience, your, your base, did they give you a sense of what their big issues were, why they were driven this way? Yeah, so you have a few different audiences of people. So for the people who were starting to homeschool for the first time, and hadn't homeschooled in in 2020 necessarily, the things we're hearing from them were pretty much what we heard from people in 2020. We had a group of people who was saying, we don't want to go back to school because we're concerned about the virus. Maybe there's somebody who lives at home who's especially vulnerable. They don't want to risk that. And you have the opposite kind of population of people who are saying, we don't want to go back to public school because we don't want to deal with all the masks or the lockdowns or the uncertainty of school being a stable option for our student. And so you kind of had these two opposite groups there, and both of them decided hmm. our best solution here is to start homeschooling. And then you have kind of this third population of people, and this is the, the group of people who had already been homeschooling from 2020, and everyone's question was, will they continue? And what we started hearing from those people is, yes, we're going to continue, 
but it's not just because of COVID anymore. Now we're continuing to homeschool because it's working well for our family. And that was kind of a, a big light bulb moment for a lot of people, I think, in the education institutions because they realized, oh, there's actually something out there in the market competing with us on the merits, mm. right? It's not just that a bunch of people were driven away from public school because of the pandemic. People are leaving the public school system because they don't like it anymore. That's definitely true for my family. When we started way back in like 2003 uh, with our oldest who uh, couldn't see, <laughs> I'd get a phone call almost every day from the principal of his school to come get him because uh, he was a tear. And uh, when we started a homeschool, he began to excel. And it was an amazing eye-opening experience for us. But I imagine also Jer uh, Jeremy Newman, Texas Homeschool Coalition is our guest, by the way. I imagine also, Jeremy, that there's a, a great number of parents that are waking up to the fact that they have dropped off their kids at their local school, public or private. And now they're realizing the hard way that they can't just be disconnected uh, uninformed parents and hope and pray that their teachers are going to do and teach the right things. I imagine that's also a big issue. Yes. Yeah, so you know, before COVID, that they measured this all the time. And the type of responses they got from people who started homeschooling were that the reasons they were homeschooling were things like they were concerned with the public school academics. They were concerned with the, the culture in the public school. They wanted to provide moral or religious instruction. Maybe their student was being bullied. Uh, for an increasing number of families, they had special needs students whose needs weren't being met there. Those were the types of things you heard from people before COVID. So what's interesting now is that for people who have kind of gotten through the beginning of that pandemic scare where that might have been their, the thing that caused them to start homeschooling initially, these are the same reasons that they're telling us that they're choosing to stay. And so I think what that means is that there are needs that are met through the homeschooling option that a lot of people who started homeschooling because of COVID didn't yet realize that they had, or they didn't realize how big a deal it was. And when kind of the whole education institution started shaking because of COVID, what everybody realized was we need stability and we need flexibility. And mm -hmm. we cannot get either of those two things in the public schools right now. And so they went looking for something else and homeschooling offered both of those two things. And I think that it's a mistake for people to think that once COVID is done with, you know, if we're ever done with it, once COVID is done with that, everybody's going back to the public school system, going back to normal. Because in my opinion, at least what COVID unearthed is something that individual families deal with all the time, right? Because we saw a system-wide crisis of COVID and we saw what happens when you go through a crisis is people go looking for stability and flexibility. But what people don't realize is individual families deal with this all the time on an individual scale where they have, you know, they lose a job, they lose transportation, somebody gets sick, all sorts of things like that happen in your daily life where you need these two things, flexibility and stability. Mm. And so what people are realizing is before COVID, I was building my entire life around the public school schedule and it didn't work for me. And now that I've tried homeschooling, I'm realizing it's meeting needs I've had for a long time. Hold that thought. Jeremy Newman is our guest. Texas Homeschool Coalition is his organization. He's the public policy of homeschool director there. But we're going to go to a break. We're going to come right back and continue our conversation. I'm curious as to which states are more homeschooling friendly and which are less homeschooling friendly. What pressures do these new families uh, uh, face? And what about uh, school choice? What about that? All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. 
Atheists often argue they don't need to give reasons for their position because they simply lack a belief in God, the assumption being theists alone have the burden of proof. But is this rational? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Atheism can't simply be a lack of belief. Dogs lack belief in God, but that doesn't make dogs atheists. Atheism makes a claim about the world, namely, God doesn't exist. As such, atheists, along with theists, must shoulder the burden of proof. Even if an atheist says he simply hasn't found any good evidence for God, he would still have to prove why the evidence theists give for God is not good evidence. No matter how an atheist looks at it, he can't sit the sidelines when it comes to defending his position on the question of God's existence. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Jeremy Newman is our guest, Texas Homeschool Coalition uh, Public Policy. Uh, Welcome back to the program, Jeremy. It's good to have you again. Thank Uh, you. I want to talk about uh, states and the states that are more homeschool-friendly versus states that are less homeschool-friendly. When we started as a family, we lived in New Hampshire at the time. And New Hampshire requires, or I think it still does, requires uh, its homeschooling families to have someone or over have someone like a, an auditor or an oversight from the school system. And we we were very blessed. We had a private Catholic school nearby that uh, classically uh, trained, and uh, it was a great source for homeschooling families in the Catholic world because it didn't bug us a whole lot about the choices that we were making. But there are other states that are like pretty wide open. Texas is a good state in general, but uh, can you maybe give us an overview of the, of the states that are more homeschool-friendly versus less? Yeah, so I, I can definitely give you a few examples. So Texas is one of the big ones that's that's really homeschool-friendly. There are other states, maybe some of the ones you would expect, frankly, like Oklahoma is pretty homeschool-friendly, Alaska, Illinois, Missouri, Iowa, and uh, some of the states that you would expect to be more homeschool, uh, you know, antagonistic maybe are the same way. So Pennsylvania, New York, Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, those are the states that are the most uh, antagonistic towards homeschooling. And, and, and you're right. Like it's the, the way that it typically works is that in the, the more homeschool regulated States, the idea is that the, the clo- more closely the state can monitor the academics of the student, the better the academics for the student, like the better outcomes for the student. That's kind of the premise they operate from. But the really interesting thing in the data is that there's actually zero correlation if you go look at how homeschool students perform in the really high regulated states versus the really low regulated states, it's the same. So the whole premise is off. But there's the ramifications of that same system, a system in a state that has a lot of influence or pressure upon these homeschooling families might also force them to teach things that the parents themselves might find uh, complicated, troubling, or even wrong. 
Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that it does is it creates a huge barrier to entry, right, where it's harder for anybody who wants to to start homeschooling. And and so, you know, in states like Texas where it's really free, anybody who wants to homeschool essentially can do so. And, you know, it's a big commitment, but you can do it. The options and the resources, they're all there. But in the really highly regulated states, a lot of people, it's going to be more difficult for them to homeschool because of the hurdles that you've put in place but yet you didn't improve the out- academic outcomes for the students when you did that. Well, in, even in Texas and other states like us, um, the there's still not a school choice type thing where we're still having to pay into the public school system and you can't use that money that we are putting into the public school system into our homeschooling or into even private school. Um, those. So what about, because I know this has been a thing for a while where homeschoolers have been pushing for this opportunity to have, instead not have to pay into the public school system and instead use that money for their homeschooling or for the private schooling. Yeah, this is something that we've advocated for for a long time. And you're right, like Texas, a lot of states have something like this. Texas does not yet. And um, so we've advocated for this for a long time that homeschoolers should somehow get some type of benefit out of all the tax dollars that they're paying towards the education system right now. Because if you homeschool in Texas right now, you pay twice. You pay for all of your students, and then you pay again for the public school students. And so our point has been some type of tax credit or scholarship or education savings account, something like that, where the theory is that some of the tax dollars that you're putting towards this public education system, you get to keep instead to educate your own child uh, is a great idea, in our opinion. Well, talking, speaking about the taxes involved, uh, and I've always taken exception to that. I get to fund the local public school system, but I get no enjoyment from it whatsoever. Uh, but let's talk about school choice for a moment. Uh, not homeschooling, of course, but I often think of uh, inner cities and uh, the disproportionate single-parent uh, homes in inner-city communities. You know, most of the time, moms, but not always, working their tail off at jobs that don't pay all that much and sending their kids to the local public school, which tends to be uh, horrible in, on many levels, but they have no other choice. And wouldn't it be amazing if they had a, if they had a choice where they're paying their taxes and uh, could take that as a credit and apply them to, say, a, a private school that might give their kids uh, a better opportunity? Why do you think there is so much um, political pressure against things like school choice, let alone homeschooling? Well, in Texas, I can tell you that absolutely for sure it is the education establishment, the public school education establishment in particular, who just hates it. Um, And in Texas, we have 1,200 school districts, right? So in a lot of local areas, they're the biggest employer, and they have a tremendous amount of political influence. And when these things have come up in the past, uh, they have been the core group, the superintendents, the the bureaucrats, right, on the public education side who have been opposed to it. The interesting thing is that among the population, school choice polls well both among Republicans and among Democrats. Yeah. Right? (laughs) And uh, but yet it doesn't get passed. And and I think it's clearly because the public education establishment doesn't want it there. Mm. And, uh, you know, not everybody thinks this way, but plenty of people do. And there was one of the most honest moments I've ever seen was when a a Texas, either a teacher, a a local superintendent, I think, um, from a Texas public school a few legislative sessions ago was testifying about why the school choice bill should not pass. And he essentially said it's because our students will no longer come to the public school and we will lose that funding. And I thought, okay, that's revealing. Yeah. 
make a better product well, and you wouldn't have this problem. This is, I think this is like the key issue, I think, is that there are so many people realizing the benefits of homeschooling. There are so many people that are now trying to experiment with homeschooling for the first time and hearing about it for the first time is no longer this thing that is like, oh, homeschool kids are weird and have these uh, weird ideas about homeschooling and it's becoming more mainstream. Is there going to be a move by the legislator, by the teachers unions, by uh, the government, by the federal government even to uh, to suppress homeschooling, to uh, try to take this away from us? Yeah, I think, I mean, two things. First, I think there always has been I think there always will be, right? And, and so the big question is, how is this going to change that discussion? And so there are two issues that kind of come up uniquely because of COVID. One of them is that homeschooling is more prominent, you know, and bureaucrats tend to put more focus on things that are more prominent. So they come out and they, they want to regulate it when it gets bigger. So that's definitely going to be a thing. The second thing, though, is the population of people who are homeschooling and therefore who aren't going to like those regulations is growing. It's bigger. Therefore, it's going to be harder for them to force that on, on a lot of those people. And you saw this last year that Harvard put together this panel discussion uh, for homeschooling regulation, and it was just chock full of people who, in their own words, thought there should be a presumptive ban on homeschooling. And then right before the panel discussion happened, and they were getting all this political blowback over it, right before that happened, COVID hit. And everybody in the country became a homeschooler overnight hmm. and they suspended their panel <laughs> right? because their whole all of their talking points were about how, you know, homeschoolers are this ultra right wing religious semi cult and uh, that there are all these harms that were going to come to students and uh, that the academic quality wasn't good. And these parents were abusive. Like th those were their words. Right. But now they're talking about millions and millions and millions of families across the country. So that's not going to pull well. So this is kind of the tug and pull that we're going to see is that the people in the, the education establishment who just like regulating things, they are going to be pushing for this because it's a more prominent form of education now. But among the population, it's becoming more and more normal. And so they're going to be resisting harder and harder. Jeremy Newman is our guest, Texas Homeschool Coalition Public Policy, and uh, we're talking about uh, the issues at stake for our country, for the families in our country that are trying to raise their kids under some incredible pressure. We have a few minutes left. Uh, do you see a day and a time coming when parents would have to make a tough decision, even to the point where they might have to sell everything and move to a state that might be more homeschool friendly? I, th I mean, some people do that already. Um, so it, it, it's going to depend a lot on individual circumstances. But I'll tell you, it is not infrequent at all for us to hear from families who moved to homeschool and moved to Texas specifically because of our homeschooling laws and because the state they were in had such high regulations on homeschooling. And, and you know, we get people now from New York who are coming because of all the vaccine mandates that they passed uh, for children in New York. And so that's already happening. And, and I think that it will continue to happen. But um, it's, it's definitely like my outlook on education in America overall is a positive one, not a negative one. And I think that the trends are in the right direction, right? That we're seeing more options being given to families. And some of them are slow and they're tedious and it's, you, know, you have to fight hard to get them. But the trends, in my opinion, on that front are good. Like, you know, you see a lot of things happening in the public school system that you might be concerned about. And that's a big deal. 
But at the same time, you see these other forms of education that are becoming more mainstream. That's also a big deal. And so to me, that I'm overall, I'm optimistic. Uh, you know, with you just mentioned several issues there, and we've here in Texas, we've seen California essentially move into Austin over the last several years, and it's it's the exodus and the the the, the migration is a is a real thing, and it's not just our southern border that's at stake there. But how it wouldn't? I mean, there's a day, there's a possibility when we might see Texas flip back blue, in which case all of this could be reversed. What say you, Jeremy Newman? Yeah, I think that is possible, but I, I also think that there's kind of a natural pendulum swing that every state is going to go through. So if you roll back, you know, twenty, uh, you know, thirty years or forty years or so, people don't know this, but Texas used to be a heavily blue state. Mm. California used to be a heavily red state, mm. right? And so these things change, and so we can. I think that it's true that there, there's a, a heavy risk of some of those things changing going forward. I'm not convinced, though, that people moving from states like California is what's going to turn Texas blue, because at least in my experience, a lot of the people who are coming are leaving those states because they don't like it there. Mm. Right? And so the politics they're bringing to Texas aren't necessarily the failed politics of those states, because a lot of those people didn't have those politics to begin with. All right. Jeremy Newman, Director of Public Policy at the Texas Homeschool Coalition. Thank you for your time today. God bless you. God love you and have a great day. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you can join us in the second hour, we would love to have you. We're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling. We have a brand new opportunity, brand new sponsor, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You can watch us live, hang out with us live right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Praise be to God. We're going to have a great show of a guest lined up for you all week long. Hopefully you'll join us. But don't forget, Battle of Lepanto gets marked this week. That's going to be kind of fun. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. friend asked me why Catholics have crucifixes in our churches. Don't we believe Jesus has risen? Why do we keep him on the cross? Well, first of all, you want to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified. Why does Paul preach Christ crucified? Doesn't he know Jesus has been raised from the dead? Well, of course he does. But he knows that it is through the power of the crucified Christ on the cross that the bonds of sin and death are broken. As he says in verse 24, Christ crucified is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Again, didn't Paul know that Jesus had risen from the dead? Well, of course he did. Paul preaches Christ crucified because an empty cross has no power. 
The cross that bears the beaten, battered, and bloodied body of Jesus Christ, however, that cross is the power of God. So we keep Jesus on the cross because we, too, preach Christ crucified. And the crucifix reminds us not only of God's power, but also his love for us, giving his only begotten son up for death and suffering. Also, here in this life, we do not share so much in the glory of the resurrection as we do in the suffering of Jesus on the cross. After all, we must take up our cross daily if we are to follow Jesus, as it says in Luke 9, verse 23. And we must die with Christ in order to live with him, as Romans 6, 8 tells us. Where did Christ die? On the cross. One other passage to keep in mind is Galatians 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Did you catch that? Jesus was publicly portrayed before their eyes as being crucified. Sounds kind of like they may have been looking at a crucifix, doesn't it? A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. You have survived your weekend. Congratulations. You get to get back at it. Do you get I'm just curious. By show of hands, raise your hand if you look forward to Monday mornings. Um where's the crickets? We should probably have the crickets. <laughs> I don't know who looks forward to Monday. Sometimes I do. Yeah, there you go. There's the crickets. Sometimes I look forward to Monday morning because we get to do fun stuff, cool stuff. We get to keep you informed and inspired and that's uh, that's always a good time. Praise be to God. Uh, we are going to jump into uh, a great show today in this hour. We're going to have the uh, good news segment, praise be to God. We're going to do Saints of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We'll play our game Fear and Trembling, which means prizes are at stake and you could possibly win. God is so very good. And then, of course, in the after show, we conversate about whatever it is you want to conversate. You get to just drive the conversation. The way you do that is by hanging out with us on one of our live video feeds. So commenting on our guest segment, which we had uh, Jeremy Newman from the Texas Homeschool Coalition to talk about public policy of homeschooling, some of the some of the great uh, risks and threats to homeschooling, some of the challenges, of course. And then we also talked with uh, Jerry Serino from the Fetus podcast about the most as the USCCB said, a very dark day as the House of Representatives voted to pass the most radical abortion bill ever. Very, very concerning, actually. And the USCCB is calling everyone to action on that. Uh, so we had two great conversations last hour. We're going to post them as uh, standalone interviews on our social feeds, which you can find everything linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. 
Uh, that's grnonline.com forward slash CDT, plus the podcast is there. You can listen to it there. You can listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and everywhere else. Praise be to God. You can also uh, hang out with us and get the Fear and Trembling phone number on our website early. If you don't want to wait for me to give it to you, you can find it there at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Is it now? It is. It is. Praise be to God. Yeah. Are you and sure? It's great to uh, be able to get up and uh, be realize that you're still alive. We had this conversation last hour. I feel like we, we did. Is it a good thing to 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 get up? That's it the is. question. It's a great thing. When people to get say up. I'm on the right side of the dirt. As well, compared to heaven, is that still true? Well, I have to say, I don't sleep in the dirt. I uh, <laughs> am a Western man. I live in the United States. What they mean is death. They I, mean uh, death. Death I wake like up from a you're bed. buried in the ground. To be but on the right side of the dirt means you're alive. You're uh, you're presuming that you uh, that you make it to heaven, my friend. Uh, I have great hope. I I have hope too. But uh, Jesus, I trust you know, in you. For now, for now, let me be happy <laughs> that I have a chance at repentance. Still, I don't know. The confession line was pretty long yesterday. <laughs> I, need, I I'm uh, I'm a little uh, I'm a little put off by the number of sinners that I hang out with on a frequent basis. At what church. a curmudgeon! I'm, <laughs> exactly. See, I love long confession lines. I love it especially whenever the confession line is longer than the communion line. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. Well, praise be to God. I see Janice is back in the studio. Good morning to you, Janice. Turn your mic on. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. How was the Carolinas? It was great. Yeah? Yeah, I definitely got some good uh, hiking. How far did you go? Uh, very, very high. I don't even know how high. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, Super cool. Yeah, so we, we went up... Um, what was it called? Uh, I think it was like Blackhead Trail. It was wow. a very, yeah, pretty high peak. We pretty much went to the top, the, nice. the highest peak. There that was sounds even, like a good time. Yeah, there was even a plaque that said, like, you've reached the, the highest peak. <laughs> now go back down. It's too high, <laughs> yeah. darn it. Like, written by yeah. your mom. There's we, the- <laughs> actually, we actually got uh, came down in pitch darkness, actually. Wow. So That's we, fun. We got there around, like, uh, five and then stayed about, like, two hours and then came back down um, when the sun was already going down. So we literally had to use our phones, flashlights, because <laughs> um, that's all we had. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Um, I walked out of the woods last night, uh, you know, from hunting <laughs> and uh, had to encounter like 87 billion spiders. I mean, literally, oh, wow. uh, you're just constantly trying to remove the spiders from your path. Literally. Hope- 80 billion spiders? At least. Wow. Billion. You know what freaks That's you amazing. out? When you're in the National Forest, all kidding aside, is when you are walking out and you see all the spider eyes with your flashlight. Like, that'll freak you out. Because there's oh, wow. a lot of them. Mm. Yeah. It'll, it, hopefully, there wasn't too many spiders in your path. No, actually, I was really surprised. There was no... No, like, sign of insects mm. or bugs. Um, I was really shocked because um, here in Houston, yeah. bugs are everywhere. <laughs> They're pl- a plethora. Uh, but in Asheville, there was no bugs. I was like, wow, this right. is amazing. <laughs> well, I'm, it's good to see you back. I'm glad yeah. you had a great time. We're going to jump into it now. We're going to pray, do our good news, and then, of course, Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, and then we will have our Fear and Trembling Game Show with a brand new prize sponsor this week. We're looking forward to it. Let's do this. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. 
Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the good news for this uh, day, this Monday, praise be to God, October the 4th. We always like to do a good news story as compared to the uh, the national difficult news in the last hour. Uh, this is out of LifeNews.com. Pro-life people send Nancy Pelosi thousands of roses to remind her abortion kills babies. Here's the story. Catholics delivered 1,000 roses Friday to Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's California office in efforts to move the Democrats' heart on abortion. Over 3,550 people signed up to pray and fast for Pelosi through the Benedict XVI Institute Rose and Rosary for Nancy campaign in the first 24 hours after it was announced, said Maggie Gallagher, executive director of the B-16 Institute, in a press release. Quote, literally hundreds of people are still joining each hour, unquote, Gallagher said. San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Corleone called on Catholics and others of goodwill to join the campaign a few days after the Women's Health Protection Act of 2021 passed in the House, uh, 218 to 211 on Friday. Should it pass the Senate, the legislation would codify Roe v. Wade and significantly expand the practice of abortions in the United States. Pelosi, a self-professed Catholic, did not immediately respond to a request for comment from the Daily Caller News Foundation. The first batch of roses was delivered at noon on Friday, the feast day of St. Therese of Lisieux, who is beloved by Catholics for promising that she would, quote, let fall a shower of roses, unquote, on her death and uh, spend her time in heaven doing good upon earth. The Benedict XVI Institute pre-ordered 1,000 roses. The group's executive director said, guessing that they would receive at least 500 responses. But the response blew up the rose market in San Francisco, Gallagher said. Praise God, isn't that cool? Uh, Quote, we couldn't locate 3,500 roses to send today, but we will get them to her, unquote, the executive director said in a press release. Quote, each rose represents more prayers and rosaries for Nancy Pelosi, as well as for babies in the womb and their mothers, unquote. Wonderful, tweeted Cordelione. Quote, each of these 1,000 roses represents one Catholic praying a rosary and fasting on Fridays for Speaker Nancy Pelosi through October. May the Blessed Mother touch her heart. Join me in the Rose and Rosary campaign. Sign up at Benedict XVI Institute at their website at benedictinstitute.org. That's benedictinstitute.org. And that is your good news for today. Praise be to God. The saint of the day is Blessed Enrique Morant Pelecer, who was born on the 13th of October, 1908, in Belaregar, Valencia, Spain. He was born to a deeply religious family. Enrique attended a Catholic high school in Gadia, Spain. He began studying architecture in Madrid and finally gave in to a call to the priesthood. He was ordained in the Archdiocese of Valencia in 1933 and became a parish priest in Barig, where he revitalized parish life. He started a library, a choir, and concentrated on youth ministry. He brought Catholic action to the area. We should do a show on what Catholic action is. When the anti-Christian persecutions of the Spanish Civil War began in 1936, he had to give up parish life, and he worked in administration in Valencia. When the persecutions began in earnest there, he withdrew to live with his family. At 11 a.m. on the 3rd of October, 1936, he was arrested 
for the crime of being a priest. He was given a trial and admitted his vocation, and later in the evening, he was executed and became a martyr. He died by being shot on the evening of the 3rd of October, 1936, in Jaraco, Valencia, Spain. He was beatified on the 11th of March, 2001, by Pope John Paul II. Blessing Enrique Morent Pelesir, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Last hour we looked at the uh, parallels between King Solomon and Jesus and the yoke of King Solomon that his son uh, doubled down on, which led to the breakup of Israel and the northern tribes eventually being taken away uh, into Assyria, uh, thanks in part to their uh, reestablishing of the golden calf worship <laughs> and, and, and rejecting God outright. I mean, that's always a bad thing. Uh, but uh, Saint, or Hillary says this, And what is more pleasant than that yoke? What lighter than that burden to be made better? to abstain from wickedness, to choose the good and refuse evil, to love all men, to hate none, to gain eternal things, not to be taken with things present, to be unwilling to do that to another which yourself would be pained to suffer. I was impressed by the saints and the fathers of the church talking about how much we hold on to, covet the material objects of this world as though they satisfy, as though they will give us true fulfillment, when it is the yoke of Christ that gives us eternal life. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, so a number of things here, and I would recommend going and checking out Cornelius Lapide's commentary on this passage, because, whoa, it's a lot to cover. So I'm just going to say a couple things, otherwise we'll be here all day. Uh, just want to focus in on verse 25. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to infants. This is incredibly important. Why is this important? So just on its face, think about this for a second. Our Lord declared this. He said this out loud. Why did our Lord do that? This is important to know because our Lord, he doesn't do things haphazardly. He does them with an intention behind them. And so whenever our Lord speaks, he speaks in order that others may hear it because he doesn't need to say these words out loud. And the father and the son are united in a way that is unexplainable to us as human beings. And so there is no need for him to express this to the father and to receive a message back from the father to the son because they're always in communion with one another. 
So why does he say this? He does this for the benefit of those around him. So I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven. Now, what does this tell us? Immediately, right off the bat, it shows that our Lord, Jesus Christ, is showing us the disposition that we are to have to the Father. And and because if if the Lord of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ, who is the Son made uh, flesh, if he gives grace and uh, adoration and love and thanksgiving to God the Father, how much more do his disciples, who we are, uh, are required to do as, mu- as such? And it goes on to talk about the Lord of heaven and earth. It expresses who the Father is. So no one can uh, argue that there is someone, there's the distinction between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, because together they are Lord of heaven and earth. There is one Lord of heaven and earth, and that is the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, it goes on further to talk about uh, the hidden things from the wise, because our Lord always uses the weak to lead the strong and, and humbles the strong and scatters them in their conceit of their hand and conceit of his hand. Uh, so we try to remember these kind of things. Remember that our Lord uses the weak to lead the strong. I think that's an important thing to notice. And we see that in the life of St. Francis of Assisi, whose feast day is today. So I would leave it, uh, leave it at that. Holy Father Francis, pray for us. Praise be to God. All right, it is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling, which means we need a caller on the phone to play the game, which means you have an opportunity, dear listener, to get in on the prize pack this week. All you need to do is pick up a phone and dial 877 757 24. That's 877-757-9424. value gift this week, praise be to God, at 877-757-9424. You don't even need to know the answers to the questions. Call now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is coming up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of Fear 
and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and keep this secret and hidden. Don't tell anybody this, but uh, we like to do a few things during this game show segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions. Praise be to God. You might just learn something you didn't know before. That's kind of a good thing. And then we like to have a good time. And our callers tend to be great sports. They laugh with us. And uh, we really enjoy that part. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we give out prizes which makes this a winner for everybody involved, which is also super fun. But here's the kicker, if you're just joining us. We have three Catholic trivia questions, but we will not be asking those questions to our caller. Our caller, will they don't even need to know the answers to any of these questions, and they could still win the game, praise be to God. And the reason why is because instead of asking them, I will ask Janice, I will ask Adrian, one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Janice or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janice, what could they win? This week we have a custom leather Sacred Heart Valet Tray $60 value from our wonderful friend Mendoza. Mendoza has a, a, a custom leather store located here in Tomball, Texas. Wow. They create leather goods, um, and specifically, what he's giving away to us, to our, to our winner for this week, is a leather tray that has an embroidered Sacred Heart image at the bottom of it. So uh, he says you can place your necessities like your phone, your wallet, your rosary, your holy water, your keys, uh, any sacramentals uh, can be placed in this, and so. What's really great about this is that you can use this um, in, in various ways. And uh, one way that you could use it is in your home altar. And you can put it nice. at your home art to put, to put all your rosaries or your sacramentals. But uh, definitely beautiful $60 value. It has a Sacred Heart embroidered uh, image at the bottom of the tray. That's super cool. Praise be to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, very exciting. Thank you, Mendoza Custom Leather Sacred Heart uh, Valet Tray. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Let's go to the phones. Gabby, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for being on our program. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Good morning. Now, who's with you? My 7-year-old and my 10-year-old. We are on our way to school. Well, good morning, everybody. Praise be to God. Did you guys, what do you eat for breakfast? Like uh, chocolate cake or cupcakes, (laughs) cookies? Like what's for breakfast over there? I have cereal. Cereal? That. I have donuts. Okay, donuts is getting I think it. donuts wins. Yes. Donuts yes. wins. <laughs> Full of protein and nu- nutrition, I'm sure. Praise be to God. I was forgetting what a donut was yesterday <laughs> after mass, and uh, we were, uh, me and my buddy Andrew were talking. He goes, I almost called the uh, bagels like sugarless donuts because I couldn't remember what a bagel was. <laughs> I'm teasing, of course. But, uh, well, good morning to everybody. Thank you for being on our program. Now, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how it's played? We are. We love your game. We listen to it 
every morning on our way to school, and then we listen to math. So thank you so much for having us on. Praise be to oh, God. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. All right, guys, let's uh, let's play our game. We are going to start with Janice, as is our custom. Janice, are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> Janice, can you tell me, are Sundays the only days Catholics are obliged to abstain from servile work? Mm, um, I would say yes, uh, because on this, on af- after God created the world, after seven days, he rested. And so okay. he declared that we rest. So that's the only time. It's the only day of the week All that right. we're called to. Let's we, just... Yeah. Yeah, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, are Sundays the only days Catholics are obliged to abstain from servile work? No, absolutely not. You are also obliged to be uh, rest from servile work on holy days of obligation. Really? Yes. So if you are required to go to Mass that day, you are also required to abstain from servile work. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Your boss should give you a day off, just saying. Which uh, GRN does, actually. Praise be to God. But not all bosses. Not all bosses. (laughs) Most bosses don't. Most bosses do not. (laughs) All right. Let's just see how this goes here. Uh, All right. So Gabby and uh, and the crew there, here's the deal. Adrian says, no, uh, it's more than Sundays. It's also holy days of obligation. Whereas Janice says, yes, it's just Sundays when you must abstain from servile work. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Gabby, what say you? Uh kind of have a split decision here. Oh, wow. I guess mom is the uh, uh, deciding factor. Yeah, well, my son is saying um, obligation, holy days, and I'm saying just Sunday. What is your answer? I think we'll go with Janine. Are you sure? We'll go with Adrian. Uh, well, well answered, Gabby and crew. Well answered. Praise be to God. You that's, are, a, that's a very smart kid right there. Very, he, he's going with Adrian. A very smart kid right very, there. Uh, very wise and astute. You, did you see the trickiness of Janice in that? The curveball low right corner. You don't want to swing at that one. Uh, you you got to be very discerning in these. But uh, in fact, it is true that it's not just Sundays, but Holy Days of Obligation as well. So, uh, yikes. How many people don't actually do that during Holy Days? But uh, now we know. Now we know. Praise be to God. All right. You're in the cup. You could possibly win this week. That's fun and exciting. Are you guys excited to possibly win? Yes. Nice. All right. Let's go for two. Let's see if we can't double your chances. We're going to go to Adrian this time. Adrian, in order to fulfill the obligation of attending Mass, one must be present during what parts of the Mass? So if I show up late to Mass... How late is acceptable? All right, so you should not show up too late to Mass, but hypothetically speaking, if you were showing up late to Mass, mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. to get there by the offertory. By the offertory. Mm-hmm. So whenever they bring up the bread and wine. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I could skip the whole you, you know, skip the, epistle uh, yes. and gospel? Yep. Really? 100%. And still be okay? Yeah, it's kind of weird that you would think so, but yeah. the reason... Well, we'll see. Okay, we'll all see. Right. Yeah, yeah, we'll that's see. your answer. All right. That's my answer. Let's see what Janice has to say. Janice, can you tell me, in order to fulfill the obligation of attending Holy Mass, one must be present during what parts of the Mass? 
So Adrian is uh, partially correct uh, because it is the offertory, but we also have to be there for the canon and the communion. So the actual... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, receiving of the communion is when you're able to. You have to be so you can't yeah. show up for part of it. You gotta you gotta stay. Yes. But do, what about the gospel and the epistle? Do I have to be there for that? Uh, yes. I do. So in the beginning, basically, I have to show up on time. Is what you're yeah. saying? Okay. <laughs> Pretty <Okay>. much. <laughs> well, Gabby and crew, here's the deal. Here, here's the deal. So the question is, uh, how late can one show up and still be okay and not be in sin for missing uh, an obligatory mass? Well, uh, Janice seems to think you have to get there right at the beginning. You got to get to the the epistle and the gospel. Whereas Adrian says, <laughs> Adrian says it's possible, it's possible to skip all the way and show up for the offertory, the canon, and the communion are required, according to Adrian. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? Janine! Uh, <laughs> I didn't even get the chance to say, are you sure? Wow, Adrian, a little, I, little jumpy there on it the was, trigger. It was, uh, it was too, they, they had the, uh, the confirmation was too, too intense. Was it? It was too intense. They, they, oh, they had I, too much confidence in it. Wait, okay. I, thought, I thought I gave the right answer. You, <laughs> because it says here, offertory canon Well, Andy. Adrian had already given that answer. Yeah. Oh, so there. Okay. But also, that. but you don't have to be there. Technically oh. <laughs> speaking, you do not have to be there. The you will have account it counts as attending mass as long as you oh. get there by right. the offertory. We got We're running out of time. We're so. running out of time. All right. One last question. I think we can still get you in this. This is pretty easy. All right. Here we go. Okay, uh, back to Janice. When the glory? When are the Gloria and the Alleluia omitted in the church calendar? When do we not do the Gloria and the Alleluia? What time of year is that? That would be during Lent. Seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. Adrian, can you tell me when are the Gloria and the Alleluia omitted from Holy Mass? Uh, well, actually, it's only you only have the Gloria and Alleluia during Easter. That's it. That's it. We only sing the Gloria and the Alleluia during Easter. Yeah, during the entirety of Easter tide. Do, do I yeah. need to call the Pope on this deal? Because I mean, I want more. That's what, I'm sorry. That's the way it is. I don't make the rules. All right, all right, Gabby and crew. Here's the deal. Adrian says it's only during Easter that we sing that stuff, whereas Janice says it's during Lent that we are not allowed to sing the Gloria and the Alleluia. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? Um, I know it's excluded from Lent. Janice, <clears throat> excuse me. I had a morning cough. Janice, I just got a sneeze here. Janice, mm, excuse me. I'm sorry, what was your answer? So, we omit the Gloria and the Alleluia during Lent. Survey says... <laughs> Good job, you did it! You're in for two. I think we ought to give them a half, though. Two and a half, because we were we kind of tricked them in that second question. Well done, Gabby and crew. Have a great day at school, by the way. Praise be to God. God bless you, and thank you for being on our show. We always love to have you, but we're going to put you on hold so we get your phone number... And that is going to do it for the radio side of our program. That was fun. God is so very good. I want to thank everybody and our guests, Jeremy and uh, Jerry, for being on the first hour. And if you can hang out with us in the after show, we would love to have you. Be on the live video. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Well, praise be to God, we have uh, survived the Monday version of our show. Uh, it's the after show, and we get a little bit more casual about our conversation. And uh, you get to drive that conversation with commenting, so make sure to comment. If you've never commented before, just so you know, we like to lavish a little extra love on first-time commenters, so please let us also know where you're from. But it's Monday, which means the after show is shorter than it would be on Tuesday through Friday, because Adrian has to produce another show at the top of the hour. Yes, I'm. Uh, it's the my uh, mass villainous plot uh, to get Joe to speak as little as possible on air today. Yeah, from your lips to God's ears. Okay, uh, praise be to God. Stop giving the answer, Joe. What? What do you? I don't, Christopher. I don't know what you mean. Um, maybe you can. Seems like it could be cheating. I'm just saying. It, may, maybe you could uh, explain a little bit because I I just don't understand what you mean. I wasn't giving anybody the answers, not at all. Uh, a little bit of morning allergy though. Um, just you know. Having to work through that morning out. Al- it is Houston, and allergies are a thing here. Uh, Sita, good morning. Good morning. Praise be to God. Lori, good morning. Jesus Robles, build your muffin top with a with a donut. <laughs> what in the world? Uh, that's funny. Uh, Christopher Chance. I'll take you up on course. that. I'll go get a donut. Don Paddock, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Good to see you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Patty was on. Uh, always love to see our friend Patty. Joaquin, good morning. Good morning. Praise be to Jesus. Let's see who else is on. Uh, Michelle Vaughn and Glenn Trahan. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Who's on? Uh, do we have anybody on YouTube? On YouTube. We're not on uh, GRN Online. So, yes, we are not on GRN Online. We are on the Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel um, temporarily, or maybe we'll keep it permanently here. We'll see. Uh, Colin is on with us. Jeff, and I'm assuming Jeff and family is on. Uh, so good morning to Jeff and family, and I hope Genevieve had a great birthday. I uh, should tell us about that. We never did um, sing to her, by the way. We didn't. We uh, ran out of time. Mary is on with us. Good morning, Mary. And I think that's it for Catholic Drive Time. Though I see 13 viewers and only like three commenters. So if you are watching and not commenting, you should uh, let us know <laughs> where you're from and uh, tell us something about yourself. Yeah, praise be to God. Our friend Mike is on Odyssey this morning. Uh, God is so very good. Thank you for hanging out with us over at odyssey.com. Uh, he says, is meanie-headed trad Adrian cutting us short again today? Meanie Seriously? trad Adrian. I like that title. Is that that's, <laughs> that's going to be my, I'm going to put that on my resume. <laughs> meanie-headed trad? <laughs> meanie-headed trad Adrian. Trad the, uh, or Adrian the uh, the tricky? Adrian, the meanie head. The meanie head. You should get a t-shirt. That's a technical term, by the way. You should get a t-shirt that says, Adrian, the meanie head. I think so. I think so. (laughs) That would be funny. I'll get two. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, I didn't see anybody hanging out with us on our website today. So just Odyssey, Facebook. And is there any... I I haven't even checked Twitter. I don't even know. I have no idea. (laughs) No idea. None. Uh, Douglas, Douglas, bonjour. Yes, bonjourno, my friend. Good morning, Douglas. We we, si offer, valio. we, we owe him some uh, first-timer love, I think. Oh, really? We do. I'm, uh, Douglas, are you a first-time commenter? We'll give it to you, but let us know. Yeah, amen. Praise be to God. Thank you, Douglas. Si vales valio. Praise be to God. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, 
Lori seems to think I was sneezing. The, was I sneezing the answers? Um, one might say sneezing the answers. Someone uh, else might say just be giving them. Uh, you are know. you trying to suggest that my sneezes sound similar to correct answers to the uh, questions? That's a complete coincidence. Um, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> Let's see. Ay, ay. Ay, Well, uh, this is now twice in, in seven days that we have had Janice and Adrian both give the same answer to the questions. One yeah. time we both were wrong, and then this time both were right. Well, so we have work to do. Yeah, today I think the problem was you had reworded the question to at what point should we arrive, and so I said just the offertory I didn't give the other two, and so Janice probably thought... It would have still been a legitimate answer. Right, it still would have been a legitimate <laughs> answer. That's why I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll just say offertory. And I think Janice was like, oh, it has to be entirely correct, and so she... Uh, put it that way. So I think that's probably what happened. Probably. S. Franco, good morning to you. And Clarissa, it's good to see you again. Uh, She says, my husband and I were cracking up when Adrian slammed the buzzer so fast. I know. What was up with that? She's too confident. It's too confident. If there was a hesitation, then then I'll wait a second. Meanie-headed Trad Adrian over there with his cutthroat, you're wrong, buzzer. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> uh, praise be to God. Mm-hmm. Genevieve's birthday was awesome. We began the consecration of St. Joseph on Genevieve's oh, birthday. super cool. How amazing is that? Yeah, see, see, Clarice agrees. It's just cruel. It's just so, so here's cruel. another question for you. Here's a, I'll ask Joe the question. See, oh, if, see if Joe gets it. No. Let's see. Well, I'll give you the answers ahead of time. I know, I know. I just want to see if you know the answer. <laughs> oh, boy. I think you do know the answer. Uh-huh. We'll see. Can you receive communion if you are late to Mass? Can you receive communion if you're late to Mass? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to okay. say one should, one should abstain. One should abstain. No, actually, you can. Dang. You can. If you are late to Mass, you can still receive communion technically. It just kind of depends on your disposition and why you are late. If mm. you are late out of mm. carelessness... Uh, then you should abstain because uh, it was a lack of devotion. But let's say, for instance, you're a police officer or a firefighter and you're running over to mass because uh, you're you're still on duty and you're just trying to get to mass so you can get to mass before your obligation. You can receive communion, which is why we have communion services outside of mass. I think that exists because it's still possible to receive communion outside of mass. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a possibility. Uh, don't be late to mass. Don't but be, I know. If, yeah. So we ran out of time. I wanted to emphasize that yeah, point. Yeah. Don't be late to Holy Mass. I know like, it. I mean, yes, intentions matter, right? So like your intention as to why you are late, uh, God knows. There's no hiding from that. And if it was out of your control, uh, well, then God knows. But if it was, if you just didn't get out of bed on time or or you were you know, distracted by something else, that you, you could have avoided it. God knows. There's no getting around that. Josh says, you got to be there for the offertory. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we de- determined that. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't tell why. Why that is. Okay. So the reason that is, it's actually, it's kind of interesting. So we kind of had this conversation with Timothy Flanders about it. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to explain this in like 20 seconds uh, or less. But uh, so we have more time, I guess a little bit more time. We're actually almost out of time. But the Timothy Flanders made the point that a lot of the things that we had, this was just tradition. And we didn't have it like written down, like the reasoning behind a lot of the things that was done. We just knew it was something that needed to be done. 
and kind of like Chesterton's Vince, we don't tear down something until we know what it's for. So uh, essentially, the liturgy of the Word and liturgy of the Eucharist used to be known as the Mass of the Catechumens and Mass of the Faithful. So you could miss the Mass of the Catechumens and make it in time for the Mass of the Faithful because the Mass of the Faithful starts with the Offertory. And so that would be the um, attending Mass. And so the other thing is, we also have a a distorted idea of what the liturgy is for. We kind of see the liturgy as catechetical. And so if you've missed the principal catechetical moment of the mass, which is the reading of the gospel, the reading of the epistle and the sermon, well, in that case, you have missed the point of mass, but it's, uh, it's not, that's not what the mass is for. The mass is not primarily catechetical. It's not even secondarily or tertiary. It's just an incident. It's an incidental thing that the mass is catechetical. And the, what the mass is, is a propitiatory sacrifice of Christ on the cross, which is to say it is the sacrifice of our Lord that, that, that forgives us of our sins. That is the, the most important thing about the mass. And so the offertory is the beginning of that sacrifice. And so as long as you make it there, by the time the sacrifice has begun, it counts as having attended holy mass. Uh, so that's the important thing to note about uh, the Mass. And there's a lot more that could be said, but I don't want to fill the last uh, couple minutes of the show talking about it, unless y'all are interested. So there you go. There you go. Praise be to God. Um, so we, yeah, uh, Janice. So that, we were just saying that was twice now, within seven days, that we we had the same answer on a question. So he was the first did it last week with, he. you had a wrong answer, then he had a wrong answer. Whoops. And then today... You both have the right answer, so we're gonna have to work on work on that. <laughs> I feel like we should give them a third entry just out of like a mea culpa. What do you say? I think that's merciful. Yeah, yeah. I I guess I, I was just reading it verbatim, so I was like, oh, he said offertory, but he didn't say canon and communion. So I figured I was like, okay, well maybe it's a partially correct answer. Tricky. Yeah, tricky. tricky. We've, we've done that before, but the reason why I did it that way is because Joe reworded the question to be tricky. Joe is yeah, what you're so saying. I'm saying tricky. You're Joe. You're blaming all your troubles on me. Not all of them, just most. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> but yeah, Joe had said, uh, "When uh, is the latest you can arrive?" And so I was like, "Okay, uh, then I'll just give it that way." Yeah, so I, that's how I, it I restructured yeah. it on the fly. Hey, let me read this quote to you. From it sort of touches on something you said a minute ago, Adrian. Uh-oh. This is from Saint Jose Maria Escriva. When people favor a doubtful theology and an easygoing anything-goes morality and engage in dubious liturgical practices following their own whims with a hippie discipline which is answerable to no authority, then it comes as no surprise if they spread envy, suspicion, false allegations, insults, ill-treatment, humiliations, gossip, and all kinds of outrage against those who speak only of Jesus Christ, St. Jose Maria Escriva. That's a pretty powerful statement. Very beautiful. Yeah. It sounds just like the wise and just Adrian Fonseca, actually. I don't know who yeah. that is. Uh, the, the Pope? You're talking about the Pope from 1522? You're saying that I'm going to be Pope? Mm-hmm. Is that what you just said? Wow. <laughs> there, That's amazing. There is no chance. First, There's no chance. First, you have to become a priest. And then not, necessarily. Can... No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. The oh. good old days, in the good old days, they would have, you know, Augustine wasn't a bishop. Yeah. Uh, when he was... Uh, uh, he was elected bishop. The only thing that you need that is required for you to become pope is that you are a baptized male in the church. That's it. 
It's the only thing that's required well, because if you're elected, not anymore. I mean, good no, grief. even even now, even now, in Germany, you probably don't have to be a baptized. Man. Well, okay, it's true. You know what I'm saying? Well, I guess you- theologically speaking, though, you can't elect a woman, and theologically speaking, you can't elect a uh, someone unbaptized. But uh, what would happen is if if I was like, for instance, hypothetically speaking, this will never happen. But th- hypothetically speaking, let's say all the cardinals got together and said, Adrian Fonseca from Houston, Texas, is elected to the Roman Pontiff. Uh, yeah, that would be super weird. First of all, that would be, be like hilarious. Yeah, that'd be crazy. You showing up in your white cassock to produce our show would be cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he uh, and so, but what would happen is they would they would call you over as soon as you accept. They would then ordain you a priest. Uh, then ordain and then uh, consecrate you a bishop, and then you would become pope. So they just give you cool. all of orders right there and then. <laughs> yeah, Mike, uh, Mike, uh, our friend on Odyssey says uh, we already had a Pope Alexander. We don't need another one. Uh, what? <laughs> that is like ouch. Ooh, shots that was fired. that one was that was a rough one. Shots that's that's fired. a hard. I'm kind of hurt. I'm, I'm that that one was hurtful. I'm, you, I'm gonna you, go cry. Are you affiliated with Opus Day? And no. you and your family? No. no. But do you know a lot of affiliated Opus Day families? I do know some. I wouldn't say a lot, but I know a few. Okay. Yeah. I feel like they're really uh, popular here here in Houston. They are. I've met I've met yeah. so many, actually. Paul, Paul Geist down at the uh, chapel downtown. He, mm-hmm. he was a pretty good confessor. I've been to him a few times. Um, but no, I have no affiliation with them. But I do like reading uh, St. Jose Maria Scriva. You know, his uh, friend of God um, and the way. They're a little, I don't know. It's just like if, when you need to shut the world off and just kind of get away from things, it's good reading. It's actually very good reading. I don't think I've ever read anything in, like, in its entirety by Jose Maria Escriva. I've read uh, paragraphs of things that he's written and people post online and articles with his quotes and stuff. But I don't think I've ever sat down or read anything by him. So, hmm. Leticia, good morning. Praise be to God. She says, I listen every day. I just don't always have time to comment. But I love your show and appreciate all the critical topics. Praise be to God. Thank Amen. you very much. Praise God. Mary says, uh, at Adrian, you are not far from the kingdom. Oof. I don't know. Confessions I might be. before Mass, I Mary. might be. <laughs> I went to confession on Friday, on, and I'm like, on uh, for the uh, Feast of Sacred Heart, or for the first Fridays, rather, and I'm like, oof, you know, not far from the kingdom, right after I walked out, but like 10 minutes later, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we're almost out of time, guys. Uh, now, we have a pending guest for tomorrow. Who's the pending guest again? Uh, yes. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Uh, we had a good conversation is, today with Jerry Serino from Fetus Podcast and Jeremy Newman from the uh, Homeschool Coalition in Texas uh, today on the first hour. Great conversations. Praise be to God. It is Jared Mion, and he is going to be on. He's with naturalwomanhood.org, and he's going to be on to talk about um, contraception. So the harmful effects of contraception, which we've always known about, but he was uh, making the point to me that we actually have found out a lot recently on a new data coming out about how uh how harmful side effects of the of contraception is on women and uh we are actually seeing right now and i i was noting this a couple weeks ago there are a lot of people on women on tiktok and on instagram that have been talking about like secular women not related to the church at all uh i'm assuming completely secularist and they are talking they're like holy moly i'm getting off the pill i need to encourage my uh my boyfriend to wear a condom because uh we aren't gonna this the pill is so bad for us for, for women and i'm like 
welcome to the team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least it partially. Is. At least partially. Yeah. Um, big but, issues. So that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Big issues. Pending. To, to be sure. Well, as I said, Adrian always kicks us off early on, on Monday. Lo siento, lo siento. It's totally his fault. You can blame him for everything. Whoa, I didn't realize YouTube limits the characters on their chat. Yeah, 200. I didn't realize that. Here I'm trying to post that whole comment from Jose Jose Maria Escriva, and I can't. It's just too long. Sorry. <laughs> I think I got it out of Friends with God. Is the book I got it out of, St. Jose Maria. And I got it out of the last chapter of that. Pretty sure. Maybe I'll bring it tomorrow and give you the reference exactly. At any rate, God bless you. God love you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Be sure to share us with a friend. We'd be grateful. Uh, overcoming uh, the YouTube censorship is probably a thing where it's going to mean we may not be uh, live streaming to YouTube. Or if we do live stream, we'll have to unlist everything. Just unfortunate but that's the way it goes so sharing us liking and uh, smashing that share button are big for us god bless you god love you see you back here tomorrow thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that he's one who will never leave you flat. One second, Bree. I'm not connected to you, so I can't hear you yet. All right. I should be able to hear you now. I can hear you, but I don't hear you in my headphones. Let me see if I can get those connected again. Oh. Okay, let's see. So I'm able to connect in my settings through Bluetooth for the Apple sort of core iOS function. But I, if I need to change the audio input output on Zoom, I don't, I've not done that before. Like I can hear you just fine like this. Are you able to hear me? You gotta recommend that they turn on original sound. You, you can. Sound. Joe, can you hear me? Hi, Joe, I'm core. If y'all don't have, um, if y'all don't have your, if on Zoom, you want to turn off your original sound, uh, or turn on original sound rather, uh, that should help with the audio, especially with playing, uh, sound and, uh, things like that in the background.
So what do you guys want? Okay, in in Zoom, there whenever you go to your sound, there should be whenever you go to audio, there should be an option that pops up. It it's on the top left. It says original sound on or off. If you click it, you can hold on. Uh, am I in the hold on? Am I in the am I in the nav bar? Or no, like just, I've opened just the on, app in Zoom. Right, just on whenever the screen's up. Where the screen's up and everybody is if you see everyone, if you go to the top left corner, so there's the green checkbox. And next to that green checkbox is should say original sound on or original sound off. And you want to have it on, I usually will give you better sound. It does not, but in the mic setting down at the bottom where it says mute, I have audio settings. Should I go in there? Uh, yes, you could try that. If it's not there, then you might be able to find it there. So if I go in there, it says, let's see, test speaker, output level. Um, so do you want the speaker the same as the system? So right now, the speaker is MacBook Air speakers. Do you want me to change that to um, If you can change it to your something headphones. Something or microphone? If you- so it says same as system. It doesn't give me the option for my headphones. It says same as system or let me try this again. Okay, let's see. Uh, let me try same as system. See what happens. So my audio should be. Yeah, guys, it's not working. Let's just, I know, in the in the interest of time, can you hear, like, mm-hmm. let's just use it. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. I was just giving, uh, yeah, it's fine. I was just trying to see if it would uh, it'd do better sound, but it's fine how it is. Okay. And we can, in the that I would come back, we can fix it, but... Okay. Do you want me yes. off video until you introduce me? That way I, I'm not, there's no distraction mm. from what you're talking about. For me, there's no problem. Uh, that's up to Brie. I'll mute it right now. Yeah, we can fix I mean, is there, I don't know. It's either that or you see the bedroom on the other side. So I'm trying to, 
it does. It's like Lily of the Valley. <laughs> it's a little extra, I can but put very mine on too, so we can have like I can put mine right here in the screen too. I feel like we should do that. Twinsies. <laughs> we just that. I feel like that's so. <laughs> well, since we were switching things up, I thought it'd be good for you to. Yikes. What is the uh, order in which you want me to play things? That's concerning.
but also any of the what's concerning us segments. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that reminder. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. And the um, so let me go back over that real quick. Let's see. Um, I have the first thing is Pope Francis. That's the second video you just sent me. Um, and then I will go backwards to the Fauci. Let's see. Okay, there's Pope Francis. And then the last thing is Fauci. Let me pull that one up. And then you said most will not be there today. Okay, there's that. Okay, so just those two videos are the only things you sent me. Okay. Awesome. All righty. I think that covers yeah, it. Um, and then this will only be, we're only having the first segment is uh, this, and then the, sec the other two segments uh, will have. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Two minutes. Let's see. Uh, last chance to run. Yeah, he's loud. He's coming through my microphone. Let's see. Okay. And uh, one minute, I'm going to put you on mute. Um, 